Hi, I'm Rob Price, and I'm talking to some inspirational leaders of some of the leading AI and Gen AI businesses in the world. Welcome to Futurize. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Nicole Wazarov. Uh, I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of AYAI. Um, quickly about myself, uh, I'm an AI engineer, did my master's degree in Cambridge, focusing on um, generative AI, predecessors of ChatGPT, basically. Um, after that, I worked as a quant in a hedge fund, uh, building trading strategies with AI. And yeah, after that, we started AWA, which AWA is a generative AI platform for MA, VC, and PE. What we do is we are automating some of the mundane tasks in uh, that investors and investment bankers have, have to do on a daily basis. And we're basically trying to automate and re basically replicate their day-to-day um, -day workflows, um, focusing on mainly on uh, mundane tasks and enhancing their decision-making. And it's interesting because a lot of the people that I talk to around generative AI and, and ourselves included, it's often around augmenting people to be able to make more effective decisions and accelerating to make it faster. And that sounds exactly the same in terms of the work that you're doing there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we believe that AI on its own, I mean, we've all used ChatGPT and it looks very good, but actually is it good in practice? Not really, but it's very good for generative AI, is, I, we believe is at the stage when used correctly, can enhance almost any process. So, yeah. And I think, I mean, there must be a temptation for some of the people that you talk to to not only use it in the context of um, making their life easier to do their job better, but also, also maybe to guide some of the decisions that they're actually making, which might be a dangerous space in terms of content generation versus assessment of an organisation. Yeah, I mean, our clients are a bit different. Investors and investment bankers, they're a bit more careful. Um, actually, that's why we need to be almost perfect with anything we show them on the platform. And yeah, we don't really have this problem. Actually, it's the opposite. It takes a lot of time for them to fully trust these systems. So yeah. And can you give an example um, of how somebody might be using what you're doing so in any particular role but but pick and pick not necessarily naming an organization but just illustrating how you found that adoption and use process was in practice yeah for sure um when let's say you're researching a company uh i mean you need to go and uh, to their website linkedin gather information from different data providers like pitchbook crunchbase so on I mean, it's a lot of manual data aggregation, a lot of research and then analysis based on that. And it takes a couple of hours and imagine doing it for, for hundreds of companies. Uh, with us, I mean, you can do it for literally minutes. We aggregate all of the information from data providers and from publicly available sources and internal data as well. And, and basically we do the analysis on that for, for a minute so that you can yeah, um, see that for yourself. And then we do also a competitive analysis, uh, IC memos and so on, almost anything that you can think of. So so if we kind of think about, therefore, who's listening to the conversation today, 
and and how they might be interested it might be that there are some organizations listening or people in organizations listening who who would absolutely be up for a conversation to make their life easier because you can automate some of that process it might be that there's some or people in organizations um that might be affected as part of that process in terms of being brought how how would you describe what you do for listeners who would be interested most in what you do as a business uh, i would say vc venture capital and private equity funds and investment banks for sure this is our target group and they're i mean we've already been in talks with hundreds of banks and funds so yeah but do you, do you find that there's a temptation to spread further from that? Because I guess some of the things that you're doing in that space are equally applicable in many other kind of business types. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, I feel, I think Mustafa Suleiman, one of uh, DeepMind's co-founders, recently said that the new Turing test should be like if AI is able to make money. So basically what the investors and investment bankers are doing is one of the hardest workflows known to humanity. So if we manage to tackle that, that obviously the opportunities are endless but our main goal is is i mean it's a it's one of the toughest challenges so our focus right now is on that so so when we first met i mean my main memory of that conversation in in a full room of lots of people was quite a lot around concerns harms the the bad things that ai or generative ai can potentially do that people have perceived or or heard about and i think we both shared a common frustration that not to say that that was wrong I mean that we that we agreed, but focus more around the innovate and solve problems and and help organisations. In the conversations that you have with your clients, how how much does responsibility or AI responsibility or AI ethics form part of those conversations, or or actually are you slightly distanced from it because in essence you're you're about task automation? That's an interesting question. Something that comes almost every time is security, um, how well we're protecting the, their data. So first of all, we're not tra training on our clients' data. I mean, there were <laughs> banks and funds have one of the most like sensitive data. So we're very strict uh, with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, look, our goal is not to replace anyone. Uh, we can't and we don't want to. Our goal is to enhance so basically to free time from mundane tasks so that you can focus on decision making and our clients completely understand that so and i think it's become more and more conversations i have are of a similar nature are there any things that you think we we as a community can do to help make that more visible to more people because again my memory is still a hundred people in a room of which a handful were focusing on what you could do versus what you shouldn't do. Yeah. I mean, first of all, um, just to comment on that, the, the, the debate that we had in the, the houses of parliament, it was, um, yeah, the focus, I mean, in general, people are afraid of what is, what is about to happen with AI, but I feel like this is only causing panic, panic, which I don't think it's helping at all. Like, of course, there there's some some risks, but that come with AI. But also, uh, same as with computers, 30, 40 years ago, when people started using them more and more, and I mean, there, uh, I mean, we we have this conversation through a computer. So I mean, yeah, let's focus on the exciting times that are coming. 
So thinking about how you've grown your organisation, so t tell us a bit more about that. So how many how many people are you? And and the reason I'm I'm asking that is how you attract others on that journey with you. So yeah. how do you build a great team? Yeah, we are actually very very lean. Um, we've we did this on purpose uh, because um, we wanted to spend enough time figuring out the internal process before start, starting hiring people. Now we started hiring people. Um, we, I mean, even uh, we made it some formal offers uh, yesterday to two people, actually. Um, my advice would be um, just put all of your efforts on hiring as a C executive or, or, or a co-owner in an early stage startup, because this is the most important thing when you think about it. Uh, don't leave it to recruiters. Uh, do it yourself. Um, and it will pay off in the long I mean, 100%. And what I've noticed, candidates definitely can sense that you're their priority, which is you're attracting better candidates. Yeah. Well, one of the previous conversations that we had in the podcast, it was it's in always interesting to see how organizations and, and, and indeed chief execs define the type of people that they're after. And um, the conversation that I was having, which was with Wes from SynthMinds, he was describing he was after explorers, people with curious minds who could determine in this embryonic um, tech space how things worked, what 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 the opportunities were to make things better. Because, of course, the challenge that many of us have got is there's no point in looking for somebody with a CV of 10, 20 years of, well, the, there just aren't people out there like that. So, so it, I mean, taking the example of the two people that you found, what were you looking for? How how did you how did you kind of determine whether they might be the right fit for what you were at this point in your growth? I mean, everyone that's in the company, including I mean me and the people that we found and that we are hiring, what I've, what is common amongst us is that everyone is a leader. What I mean by that is you don't necessarily needs to to lead a, an organization or a team but being a leader means that you take a full accountability for what you're doing no victim mentality you're working hard hard i mean you're building the people around you just i mean good human beings that are working hard for something that they're excited i mean about and that's super simple um if, and doing thing uh, things out of pr principle then yeah that's what we're looking for basically do you find also that it's a, a great leveler? For, because, I mean, I've worked for too many years in kind of big global corporate businesses, but that's not relevant anymore because actually in terms of focusing around AI and generative AI, for example, that point of somebody quite current, somebody just been through a university and, and being exposed and to how things work recently, not that they've done 10 years of data warehousing or whatever it might be it does that does that give people an advantage to maybe at a younger point in time than they would have done otherwise to do things like you're doing in terms of setting up your own business building a team of uh, around you to capture this kind of time in the market yeah, that's a very good question i would say we're looking for people that um I mean, this would sound super cliche, but thinking outside of the box, it's even more important these days uh, because generative AI is questioning how the world that we know exists pretty much. So, of course, we need people that are explorers for sure. Um, but also having experience in the industry helps a lot. So, I mean, I would say a balance between those two would be very important.
And, and I guess going back to your point around the whole um, investment banking, private equity, VC, financial services, highly regulated space. Yeah. You, you need people around who understand how to how to deploy new services in the context of that regulated world. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But even though it's highly regulated world, um, VCs and 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 the government. I mean, the, even the debate we had. Um, everyone is aware of what is happening, and things are slowly changing. Even though, for example, let's let's give an example with VCs. Even though um, they are not. I mean, most. VCs are not really data driven and they're, I mean, they're a bit old fashioned in their ways of, in terms of investing, even though, I mean, even they are very open to, um, yeah, basically including generative AI in their, in their stack. So, yeah. I, th I think, I think you almost have to, don't you now? I mean, it's almost a, a responsibility that you've got as a leader within a business to have to explore it. You can choose what you do with it, but, but you can't just, wait for everyone else to kind of move past you as a business i mean it's pretty obvious i mean i'll be giving examples with with our clients but uh what's 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 happening in the public sector what happened in the public sectors with more and more data you have once like what i did in the hedge fund building trading strategies based on signals same is happening in the private markets and you have more and more data more and more use of ai things are going into more systematic way and people i mean everyone sees that and they're they're open to adopt these new technologies if you don't i mean you're just left behind so absolutely absolutely so so tell, tell me a bit about the future tell me about your ambitions both personally and, and as the organization that you've founded what do you mm -hmm. hope to achieve yeah so okay let's start with the organization um we want to build um a community that's first of all full of good human beings that care about each other and are excited about what's coming next in in the world of in the in in the generative AI world basically we feel like that's maybe the biggest thing that happened to us as a species so yeah um excited to bring more people on board um and have a, a positive impact on the world as cliche as it sounds i feel like generative AI companies would have the most impact um out of any type of company um and personally um i just want to keep up with how quickly this company is growing um i want to grow as quickly as possible uh, as an individual to keep up um yeah that's pretty much it I, I, nicola I, lo I love the answers because um for many years i've talked been talking about um, people consciously using technology to make a positive impact on the world people planet uh, all aspects um and 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 some of us are choosing to do that in organisations where we try and pull together great people um, and enjoy that journey in a with a positive outlook about the impact that we can make, conscious of the things that we need to avoid in terms of harms and dangers. Um, but you you worded it brilliantly. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast um, and, and thank you. It was a pleasure, Rob. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much.